Welcome to the Who's Your Ag Today Monday morning podcast on the 27th of February, 2023. I'm Andy Eubank. The Ad Podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. Check them out at ffbt.com. Coming up today in the news, Eric Pfeiffer and C.J. Miller join us. We have stories reviewing the Ag Outlook Forum last week, also teaching kids about the dairy industry. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin says umbrellas may be needed today and we'll review the Friday sell-off in the markets. That includes analysis from Brian Basting on the Who's Your Ag Today Monday morning podcast. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Takeaways from the USDA's recent Ag Outlook Forum and teaching young kids about the importance of the dairy industry. I'm C.J. Miller, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. The USDA held their annual Agricultural Outlook Forum Thursday and Friday this past week, providing their initial forecast for the ag economy, commodity markets, and trade in 2023. They also provided acreage estimates for this year. Eric Pfeiffer shares some of the details. USDA really sent a a shot across the bow on the corn market for 23-24 on several fronts. And that's Brian Basting, market research analyst with Advanced Trading, who says USDA bumped their corn acreage estimate up to 91 million acres. I'd remind your listeners we planted 88.6 million acres in 2022, so nearly 2.5 million acres there, and a real big big note there was that they put in a record yield. Now, this is just a number on the wall. As your listeners know, anything can happen between now and the time the combines roll in October, but 181.5 national average yield for for perspective last year's was 173.3. Wheat acres across the country are expected to climb to 49.5 million acres, up nearly 3.8 million. Soybean acres remained flat from 22 at 87.5 million acres. Basting is a bit skeptical about that soybean number. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. With all the extra wheat acres we planted last fall, I would think that if the wheat, if the soybean market holds together in the summer here and the wheat harvest comes off in a timely fashion, we may see more double crop soybean planting than, than maybe the market has factored in. And that would ultimately lead to a rise in acreage for all three corn, soybeans, and wheat. Where's that acreage coming from? Well, USDA Chief Economist Seth Meyer says we ended up with higher-than-normal prevented plant acres out west in 2022. Hear much more from Basting on the Ag Outlook Forum in the Hat Interview with Andy Eubank at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. Well, one of the key focus points of the ag industry is education and teaching young kids how the foods and milk products they eat and drink get from the farm to their dinner tables. Lance Summer is with Summer Farms Incorporated, which is a dairy farm in Adams County in northeastern Indiana. Lance says they help teach young people about the dairy industry by inviting kindergarten classes from nearby schools for tours of their farm. You know, these cows are huge compared to them. And that's always their first reaction is how big they are. 
some questions over the years that you almost have to laugh at is, where does strawberry milk come from? They might see a red and white cow and think, hey, is that where strawberry milk comes from? So over the years, we've had some really funny questions, and hopefully we can educate these kids a little bit better. Lance says the reason he enjoys giving tours today is because he remembers the tour that his mom and dad gave to his class when he was in kindergarten. I can still remember that day to this day of how proud I was. The kids always knew that I was maybe the farm expert at our school. So if they did have any questions, they could come to me. Lance adds that it's more than just teaching young kids about dairy cattle and milk production. It's also about teaching the importance of the nutritional value of milk and dairy products. Milk has 13 essential nutrients that we need to drink every day. So anytime that we can educate our youth and teach them a little bit about milk, yogurt, ice cream, cheese, we try to take that uh, opportunity and, and do so. Read more about the educational opportunities that are available for Indiana students through Indiana's Dairy Farms at winnersdrinkmilk.com. I'm C.J. Miller, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's most listened-to farm radio network. Your operating loan for your farm needs to cover all that could be. That's why Farm Credit Mid-America offers flexible financing options to take care of the day-to-day so you can free up capital to maximize opportunities for your farm. Use our online banking or mobile app to conveniently check funds so you always know how much cash you have on hand and can plan for what's ahead. To find an operating loan that works for you, visit e-farmcredit.com. Subject to credit approval, additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity lender. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. Got to have the umbrella with us here for your Monday as rain will be spreading and moving through the state. Right now it looks like the biggest rain totals will just miss us to the west and north. Low pressure tracking over in northeastern parts of Illinois. Still, though, Indiana is going to pick up some heavier rains, particularly from U.S. 24 north. Right now, I'm going to leave the door open to a quarter to one inch. I think most of us are going to be three quarters of an inch or less for the 24-hour totals here through the day. Everything's winding down by midnight tonight, probably sooner in many areas. And then we turn out partly sunny and mild still for your Tuesday. The rest of this week, we're in the warmer sector. I do believe we see clouds passing by over Michigan and the Great Lakes with weak low pressure on Wednesday. No significant moisture here. If you're in northern tier counties, you may have to keep an eye out for a little bit of light rain on Wednesday, but nowhere else. Through the Wednesday-Thursday time frame, we don't see a lot, but I do think that we have a Friday system that is on track to put down some significant precipitation, rain, and still a potential for snow. Track of the low has been all over the place over the course of the past few days, so I still have not had any ability to rule out snow cold air coming in may actually trigger a chance for some snow accumulations in northern Indiana as we move through mid to late afternoon on Friday. Again, everything's done by midnight Friday night, and we are drier but colder for the weekend. Next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, a mix of clouds and sunshine. No significant frontal complex coming through right now, but I won't rule out a few spits and sprinkles for Tuesday afternoon. We follow that up with colder Canadian high pressure trying to slide southward over the U.S. once again. So I think the main thing that we're looking at after today is this Friday system. There's a lot of moisture with it, and it really comes down to track as to whether or not we see rain or snow or both. Everything's still on the table as of Monday morning. 
That's a look at your forecast updates. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. A sell-off in crude oil, the equities, and corn, soybeans, and wheat. This is Hoosier Ag Today's Friday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank, and the review is brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct. Big enough to get the top corn and soybean genetics you want. Small enough to care about you. Learn more at SeedGeneticsDirect.com. Settlements coming up. And we start with market analysis from Brian Basting at Advanced Trading. There were some signs of some positivity before the open in a lot of the markets. Stock market, for example. Also, soybeans overnight a bit higher. But the daytime sessions, there was pressure everywhere. A very strong U.S. dollar index, too. What was the catalyst for the most part? It seems like on on the macro side, Andy, we had some some indications from a a report that the inflation is not being tamed quite as much as we thought. Um, A report came out today with uh, inflation for the month of January. Uh, It's different from the consumer inflation, but it's uh, from the producer side. But regardless, it, it was a little hotter than expected, for lack of a better phrase. But that, that has triggered a really significant sell-off here in equities and um, spilled over probably a little bit psychologically into the grains. But uh, export sales report also came out at, at, at 8.30 year time and uh, had some little hints of, of concern there with corn from the standpoint of, of it was a decent sales total, uh, uh, not great, but, um, but there were some cancellations by China, about uh, 2.75 million bushels. Um, so that is a, a yellow flag at bare minimum there that, that China is not only not buying U.S. corn, but they're actually canceling some of the outstanding sales. And it's a very small outstanding sales book they have on anyway. So just to remind your listeners that, that China has been very active in soybeans, continues to be very active in soybeans. But just to give you a perspective, last year on this date, that China had almost 300 million bushels of U.S. corn on the books to be shipped yet, they have got now uh, about uh, less than 15 million bushels. So that's about 90, whatever, 98, 99% below last year. So apples and oranges with the export market and corn has really, really uh, suffered here the last few days. There's really starting to be indications that the USDA is overstating exports in the balance sheet at the moment. South American weather has been a constant topic. What's the update there? That's helping to hold the beans together as such. Um, the uh, conditions for Argentina continue to be poor. Uh, they uh, got some scattered rain in the northern areas this week and maybe a bit more next week, but it has been quite dry, and the forecast basically for the next 10 to 14 days is warm and dry for the core area. Uh, as your listeners know, weather can change on a dime, but that is what is really underpinning some some private estimates now Buenos Aires uh, grain exchange came out on Thursday and lowered their bean estimate all the way down to 33 and a half million tons to put that in perspective for your listeners at 33 and a half million tons the USDA is at 41 million tons earlier this month so it feels like USDA will come down in March uh, some more private estimates are suggesting maybe even lower than that so uh, that's holding the beans together as such uh, in contrast to corn, uh, the, the corn is being hurt in Argentina, but it's a bit further along. Um, just maybe some corn numbers at Buenos Aires came down a little bit on their corn, too, uh, down to 41 million tons. But um, Argentina is the largest meal exporter in the world, and if they continue to shrink this crop, that's going to be a serious situation. And the meal market is, is firmer here as you and I visit uh, as we speak here. 
Um, so we'll see what, what happens. Um, I would say that the weather market in Argentina will last all the way in the middle of March. Having said all that, I'd remind your listeners that Brazil is harvesting a record crop, by far and away a record crop. And uh, the weather looks good for Mato Grosso in the north. They look like they're really going to push harvest ahead here. And once those bushels work their way into the world pipeline, our exports are going to tail off a lot here in the U.S. But um, for the time being, we've still got a decent export sales report today, too, for, on beans. Uh, China did buy some beans from the U.S. today. On Friday, the one-year anniversary of Russia invading Ukraine. So what's the sentiment there and its impact on the markets a year later? We do still talk about it regularly. Yeah, we certainly do. As your listeners know, it's a year ago the the, the market, uh, particularly the wheat market, took off and didn't look back for quite some time. I made concern that Ukraine, one of the largest wheat exporters in the world, would be absent. Uh, there was questions whether or not they'd even be able to harvest their, their 2022 crop and plant their 23 crop. Well, with the grain agreement that was reached uh, last fall, or last summer, I beg your pardon, and renewed last fall, that grain agreement is up for renewal again here in March. I believe it's like March 19th, 90 days after the last one was, was made in November. Basically, that agreement allows the shipments of, of corn, wheat primarily, to continue through the Black Sea region. That seems to be um, something to keep an eye on here, is, no question, the next three weeks. Um, we're getting more more indications of, of maybe uh, improving long-term picture for, for moisture in the West, too, for the U.S. Uh, hard red wheat crop. It's still dry. I don't want to dismiss that in southwest Kansas, but that seems to be the primary area. A lot of other areas um, got a lot of uh, more moisture, I should say. And, of course, up north, they got a ton of snow this week, as your listeners probably saw in the news. And I know some of that snow worked its way east, too. But anyway, the the point being is that the fundamentals for wheat are not particularly strong at the moment. Um, and if they keep that Black Sea shipping route open, then, then the U.S. remains a residual supplier and and uh, our export market is, is very weak at the moment. So um, not not a lot of bullish news there, but a, a long way to go. As we saw last year, anything can happen. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't dismiss it entirely. Two-day event in Washington, D.C., USDA Ag Outlook Forum. And it's always talked about quite a bit before it happens. And then uh, any news of interest that comes from there while the event is underway is uh, bandied about, of course, quite a bit as well. Your takeaways from what we've heard. USDA really sent a, a shot across the bow, if you will, Andy, on the corn market for 23-24 on several fronts. Uh, they took the acreage up to $91 million. I'd remind your listeners we planted 88, 88.6 million acres in 2022, so nearly 2.5 million acres there. And a real big, big note there was that they put in a record yield. Now, this is just a number on the wall. As your listeners know, anything can happen between now and the time the combines roll in October. But 181.5 national average yield for, for perspective last year's was 173.3. Brian Basting, advanced trading economist there. The number 309-664-2314. On the Who's Your Ag Today, Friday farm market review. Settlements a dime lower in the corn market by the end of trade. March 650, a dime and a quarter down. May an even dime down at 649 and a quarter. And July 638 and three quarters, 12 cents off a nickel and a quarter off on the march beans 1529 may goes eight cents lower 1519 and a quarter and a 30 cent drop for march wheat 708 and a quarter 
Livestock was mixed, very quiet in the cattle market. April live cattle up a nickel at 165.37. April lean hogs 86.02 down 17. I'm Ian Eubank with the Friday Market Review. This is Who's Your Ag Today, Indiana's leading farm radio network.